Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Nine to Thrive HR. My name is Jenna Filipkowski. I'm the head of research here at HCI. I'm joined here today by Darren Murner, author of Corporate Bravery and founder of Cloverleaf. Welcome to our Cincinnati studio, Darren. Hey, nice. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so you're, I, I'm a researcher, and I, I know you just conducted research on Teams, um, and you found that 87% report that over 50% of their work is completed in Teams. So Teams are everywhere. You can't just think about work without thinking That's about, right. about Teams. Um, and we recently also did research on Teams and looking at the three eyes in Teams. So the intention, which is the design, the interaction, the performance and training needed for team performance, and also the influence. So it, it really wouldn't be a team if there wasn't a leader in front of it. Um, so let's take those, those three eyes and talk about how do you know the best way to design a team? Yeah, so I think it's great that you mentioned the three eyes. I actually include that in a lot of my presentations, uh, specifically with a focus on the intention piece, because I think that intentionality is often one of the missing ingredients in that in that recipe. And uh, when I think about designing a team, I think there's a handful of aspects that, you know, some of which have gained some notoriety and attention uh, in other research and publications. Um, one of the things that I hit on consistently is context. So, and context can mean a lot of different things. But um, it, it, you know, if you're a sales team in the pharmaceutical industry versus an R and D team uh, in the in the automotive industry, obviously the, the what what it's going to take to be successful in those different team environments mm-hmm. is going to be different. What's the mix of people? What's the environmental factors that you need for that team to be successful? Um, and there's a lot of different components to that. Um, some of the things that we often uh, discuss is cognitive diversity mm-hmm. as well. So, and that really kind of spans that contextual element um, because, regardless of whether it is that sales team or the pharmaceutical team, uh, you might need a little more or less, but cognitive diversity is important. Mm-hmm. Um, Another factor is just um, environmental components. Um, So part of that is just a sense of team identity um, and kind of moving from that, I'm just an individual contributor mindset to we're part of a a team um, and that uh, kind of buying into the team as as an individual identity is, Mm -hmm. is critical as well. And then I think one of the other kind of underrepresented factors of building a team is uh, goals and expectations. So, and really that is set by the leader. And that's one of the things that you mentioned from the three eyes component, but more specifically, what are the individual factors for team success? And that could be skills and competencies that are needed for the team to get to where they need to be. It could include how you're positioning people into the right roles in the team so that, that the outcomes are successful. Um, but those are some of the some of the key factors that I feel like are often underrepresented in, in team design. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting if you're a member of multiple teams, which most of us are, that means you have multiple identities, multiple performance expectations, multiple leaders. So I'm assuming that's going to create a lot of challenges for the individuals on that's the right. teams. And I think shifting gears and kind of understanding what your role is in each of those different contexts is extremely um, important to know in order to be successful, but is often uh, there's often there's very little investment in time or energy in really kind of setting that context and reminding people of that context 
um, on a regular basis. Yeah, I can't remember any time where we sat down like this is our team and let's let's outline what that looks like in, in practice. That's so right. that's a challenge for teams. Um, what are some other common challenges you might have seen in your research or being a, a team's expert around effective team interactions? And let's not talk about challenges without talking about the solutions. Yeah, so I think one of the biggest is just mistrust. And um, often mistrust stems from misunderstandings. Uh, so you're projecting your own kind of expectations or, um, you know, uh, thoughts about what might be motivating or driving some, someone's behavior. Um, you know, as a co-founder of Cloverleaf.me, one of the things that we really focus on is kind of bringing some awareness to some of those kind of hidden factors. Uh, largely because just having that knowledge or that understanding is is really critical to not having misunderstandings or projecting kind of uh, false expectations on someone else. So, you know, a good example is just in basic communication. Um, you know, I might say something and I might get you know, straight to the point because that's my communication style. I might pound out a single sentence and, you know, just expect that that gets done. Mm -hmm. And on the other end is someone who might want a little bit more of a, of a relationship builder. You know, what's the context on this? Uh, maybe a better understanding of the why behind uh, why I need them to do that or why I'm asking them to do that. And that's really where misunderstandings typically creep in. Um, and that's probably one of the biggest one of the biggest things that we see. Um, power dynamics uh, plays into that as well. So you know, and it's not just hey, I'm the manager and and you're a team member, but it can also be power dynamics among peers. Uh, specifically, as it relates to, um, you know, I might be in one division that has a little bit more of a, a stronger influence inside the organization and my peer is not, and those power dynamics can play out as well in terms of just expectations about what kind of resources I either have access to or that I'm bringing to the, to the team. It's interesting. We talk about like leaders need to change their style and their approach to meet the different needs of members of their team, but we don't really necessarily ever talk about what team members themselves need to do to change, to work better with everyone around them. So let's cover the last eye of teams, so influence or, or leadership. Who has the ultimate responsibility for team success, in your opinion? Is it the leader? Is it the members? And how can we capitalize on success and have better relationships among the leadership and the team members? Yeah, I, I do think it's a little bit of both. Um, one of the things that I think often about related to this question is just the fact that the team leader has the responsibility of kind of setting the tone and keeping their finger on the pulse of just the team dynamics. You know, how well are they working? Um, oftentimes, I've, I feel like the team leaders default to uh, the basic blocking and tackling of what needs to get done. If that's a software development project, then, you know, they're going to be focused on the specific tasks and timelines and budgets. And oftentimes uh, those things kind of overwhelm or kind of obscure some of the more um, soft kind of uh, measures of success or kind of just the, the pulse of the team. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing that a leader can do is just kind of stay in tune and attentive to how people are working together, you know, where there might be some uh, kind of hidden um, conflict simmering just below the surface. Um, also, just kind of understanding kind of where the team is, like, have they been, 
you know, working 18 hour days and are we, you know, starting to get burned out and just not, not bringing the most effective work. So I think that's the team leader's responsibility. Mm -hmm. I think ultimately it's every team member's responsibility though. And, um, you know, some of the things that come into play there is bringing their own individual expectations about personal development into the context of the team and, either being able to put some of those things aside for the good of the outcome of the team or the good of the cohesiveness of the team. Uh, I think some of the other things is just not knowing their role or lacking some clarity on the role. So, you know, really pushing the leader to say, hey, what is my role in this team and how can I have, you know, how can I try to bring some alignment between my personal goals and the team goals? Um, You know, the leader can only do so much. They can set the tone. They can keep their finger on the pulse. But at the end of the day, that people have to buy into the team concept. Mm-hmm. So the leader keeping a finger on the pulse of the team. So that's obviously done through communication and interpersonal skills. What are some other ways to to gather either what that team is like currently and maybe their performance of the team? Yeah, I think I think one of the biggest things that a team leader can do is just have conversations where it's not just open ended, but where they're asking those questions specifically. How do you think we're doing? You know, what are the things that we can do better? Um, unfortunately, you know, typically those conversations just there, there's not an intentionality around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have seen a lot of tool sets that kind of allow you to uh, take that pulse, you know, uh, HR type engagement surveys where it's, you know, smiley face to frowny face kind of things mm-hmm. where it's like you can get some um, uh, some concept or some measurable uh, trends on how the team is doing. Uh, you could leverage those tools, but I think ultimately it comes back to just having a really intentional conversation mm-hmm. about where are we at and what could we be doing better. Mm-hmm. And those tools should never replace a conversation. That's right. And I know the same research we talked about, you've done on teams, you also talked about um, using these types of tools and assessment data, but frequently that data is just neglected or not used or not used to at the level it should. So how if we talk about the context of teams, how do we get better at doing that? Yeah, I think specifically or especially with the tools, I think you've got to find a way to embed that in people's work. Um, I think part of the issue with a lot of the tool sets or even assessments, which I mentioned earlier, is oftentimes it's a one-time event. Um, and the same thing could be said for things like onboarding. If you're bringing a new team together, you know, oftentimes you have that initial onboarding conversation. But it's, it's a dynamic, uh, teams are, are dynamic, you know, people are entering and exiting and budgets change and scope changes. And each of those changes is an opportunity to kind of step back and, and reset the expectations of the team and almost have, you know, for lack of a better term, another onboarding conversation because the context, back to that word from earlier, the context has changed enough that you have to reset uh, for the for the leaders. But ultimately, if those tools and techniques are going to be successful, it's got to be embedded and there needs to be kind of continuous um, opportunities to practice those things on an ongoing basis. That's one of the things that we do with uh, the Cloverleaf tool set. But um, ultimately, I think as people move more towards the use of technology and tool sets to kind of supplement, and it really should be used to supplement uh, good management and leadership approaches, um, it has to be embedded with their work and it has to be um, not an event, something that they're they're being pulled outside of their daily work mm-hmm. to do. And it needs to be something that they can just engage with in the normal course of their, their daily work. Mm-hmm. 
Great. Well, we're out of time today. I, I love the conversation of teams. I know that you just talked about onboarding too. Team onboarding is something I never even consider. That seems like an important thing we should give attention to. Um, so thank you for contributing today on this podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate your insights. Thank you. Great. To learn more about teams, download our Talent Pulse research, the three eyes in effective teams, intention, interaction, and influence. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed today's episode. You can find HDI on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on the YouTube channel, HDI Talent. If you're listening on iTunes, we'd love to get your rating and review. It helps other professionals and like-minded people discover the program. I'd like to close by saying thank you to our listeners for spending some time with us. For all of HCI, thanks for listening.